from Mintech, recorded live at the High Tech Conference in Salt Lake City, Utah. This is Talking Technicians, the podcast about technicians, who they are, what they do, and where they come from. I'm your host, Peter Kazarnoff, and in each episode, you'll meet a working technician and hear their story. That means real interviews with real technicians about real jobs. At the end of each episode, you'll help hear actions you can take if you want to be a technician too. In this episode, you'll hear from Mark, Lindsay, and Glenn. Each of our guests today has been kind enough to share their experiences previously in individual Talking Technicians podcast episodes. Today, we want to hear more about their stories, why they're so enthusiastic about working with us, and have a chance to ask each other questions as professionals at different stages in their career. So next, I'll introduce each one of our working technicians today. Lindsay works at Intel in Hillsboro, Oregon, outside Portland. Lindsay has been part of the technician workforce for a couple years. Mark works for the University of New Mexico NanoFab facility after 20 plus years working at Intel in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And Glenn, our third guest, recently graduated from a microscopy program at Salt Lake Community College here in Salt Lake City, Utah, and started working as a lab tech in a nano teaching facility this spring. We're excited to share each one of these perspectives, a technician entering the workforce, a technician who has a couple years industry experience, and a technician who's been working in the industry and has a wealth of experience to share. The micro-nano industry is long-lasting and has developed exponentially in the last few years, and these technicians represent that growth. So Mark, Lindsay, and Glenn, welcome to Talking Technicians. Thank you. It's an honor. So Mark, Lindsay, and Glenn, what has uh, being a technician uh, meant to you and your everyday life? Lindsay, would you like to start us off? Uh, what has being a technician meant to you, and what has it meant in your everyday life? Um, being a technician means that I have the opportunity to provide for my children and make our lives a lot better. Um, it's stable. I have opportunities. Our family is thriving right now because I am a technician. Thank you. And Glenn, as a relatively new technician, what was the first moment you made that connection between what you learned in class at Salt Lake Community College and what you're doing now in the NanoLab? So that moment was uh, when I took what I learned in lecture and then when I sat down in an instrument and everything starts to come together and you feel like it's not really your first time sitting down at it. You understand what all these buttons do. And that makes it a lot easier because anytime you sit down at a half million dollar instrument, there's anxiety. But to know that, hey, I've got this, I I've, I've, I know what all this does, it, it really helps out and it makes it uh, much more satisfying. And Mark, are you ever bored with work after this time working in the micro nano industry? Do you still learn new things? And what's been the biggest learning curve in the last three to five years? What gets you excited at work, Mark? Bored, no. There's a lot of times when I have to do administrative stuff like paperwork and things that are not exciting. But uh, I do really enjoy working on the equipment. I 
I love to troubleshoot. I love a challenge. And when I complete something and I can see the result of it and see that I fixed something, that equipment's working well, I get excited. Lindsay, as you've evolved in your career in the last couple years, what are some of the challenges you experienced in your life at work? And were there any aha moments working as a technician the last couple of years? Absolutely. So one challenge that I ran into, the largest challenge, was myself. Um, I have the opportunity to move up or do pretty much whatever I want to at Intel in the tech world. But that's up to me. And I was stopping myself for a little bit because I didn't understand that. But once I did understand that and took took hold of my my training and my opportunities available, that's when I started to grow and get more get more knowledge, learn more things. And that was really the aha moment. Like I have to put my hand up and get my training taken care of myself. I have to take the initiative. Glenn, you recently graduated from a microscopy program at Salt Lake Community College. Would you be willing to talk about um, that program and your work at Community College? Yeah, so uh, we have certificates of proficiency in nanotechnology and another one in microscopy. Um, I had come through in a nanotechnology club uh, to get access to undergraduate research. That's when I was introduced to these programs. I went through those programs and Fortunate for me, the guy who ran a microscopy lab went to industry and that position became available. So I was able to take all those skills that I had learned in these certificates programs and then move right into an academic position. Mark, you've got a wealth of experience in the micro nano industry, but you also started out going to community college. Could you talk about your community college experience and how that led you to your work as a technician? Sure. I uh, went to community college for diesel mechanics. Um, I was a professional mechanic for a lot of years. I had a knack for electronics. I had a knack for wiring. I went into the Air Force, worked on the F-15 fighter jets in a very high-tech industry. Absolutely loved it. And then just wanted to pursue that type of a career when I got out. It took me a while, a couple years of denial letters, but I finally got an interview at Intel, and that opened the door. And from there, it was just a matter of how much I wanted to push to how far I went. Mark, have you seen education at community colleges evolve since you started? How do you see uh, community college education differently from when you did your diesel program? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Back then, it was you had to go to class. You had to have hands-on. You know, you had to read the books to learn. Now, the Internet and the online courses are phenomenal. There's so much information out there that's accessible that you can use. To this day, I still use it. I still access the information. Um, I network with a lot of other colleges and stuff like that. When I can't figure out what I need to do, I tap into those resources because there's always somebody that knows more than me and they're always willing to share. And that's a wonderful thing. Lindsay, you're also a community college graduate. Can you share with everyone where you went to school and what your degree path was and how that led you to work as a technician? Sure. I went to school at Chemeketa Community College in Salem, Oregon. Um, there I did the two-year program to get my um, electronics engineering tech eight, or associates as well as an industrial electronics tech associate. And there we 
we worked together. It was, it was like a family with the same people for these two years. And we were able to kind of use each other and help each other throughout the program, which really identified the need for diversity for me. I understood that diversity means different ways of looking at a problem equals a faster and better way to solve the problem. After college, actually before I even graduated, we had recruiters coming to the school and interviewing us even there at the school. I got two offer letters from Intel before I even graduated. So they just came and swooped us up. Lindsay, you mentioned that Intel swooped you up. What kind of uh, benefits uh, do you get working as a technician, um, as a career? What kind of things uh, does Intel provide uh, that help your uh, family? Oh, man. So Intel, amazing health benefits. Um, What else? We have paid time off, holiday hours, you know, the managers are always flexible. If you want to take some extra classes, you totally can. If you want to go back to school and get a bachelor's degree, they're going to help pay for that. There's just so much. I couldn't say no. <laughs> you know? You know, it's it it was it was an amazing opportunity for me and I couldn't say no. That's definitely what got me there. So I'd now like to invite any of you to come up to the microphone and ask a question of any of our uh, working technicians. Mike, you want to ask a question first? Lindsay, may I start with you at Intel? How do you keep up? How do you continue to gain your skills? Does Intel have a formal program, levels of technician? How does it work? How do you keep up? Well, it's always changing at Intel. Um, The module that I work in, we're always changing. What module you're in? You're I'm in the units module, um, which after the wafers are cut and packaged, they come back to Intel. And my module is in research and development. So we stress test the microprocessors oh. to see where they're failing yeah. and, and collect the data for the engineering team. So how do you keep up with the latest uh, metrology stuff? And how do you keep your skills current? They do have uh, several classes that you could take, um, but it really depends on where you're heading in the company. So to be in a certain position, you'll have to take certain classes or certain web-based training. So in other words, I really encourage you to do it. Absolutely. There's so many opportunities. Yes. So how much of your college education do you use on your job? So with my education, and I'm going to speak specifically to those certificates of proficiency that that I was able to obtain, it has definitely been helpful. Um, Direct correlation to what's taught in those to actually what I do. Uh, And I've also noticed with other students who have gone through the program that have gone out into industry or, you know, internships or, or whatnot, they have all benefited greatly from that education. I can uh, put some input on that, too. Not only did I take diesel mechanics, I also spent some time at DeVry Electronics College. And in the Air Force, I went through several courses in the Community College of the Air Force. And those were very high technical um, um, classes. And those helped a lot. Those really helped a lot. When you understand 
not just the basics, but also a lot of the internal drives of how things work and how it communicates your analog, your digital, stuff like that. It, it spreads out and it's usable in almost every type of job out there, you know, that has to do with technical knowledge. So I actually have a question to all three of you, but maybe we'll start with Mark because you've had more experience working in a clean room. Uh, on your average day, uh, how much do you work with vacuum systems or equipment? And maybe like what types of systems you constantly dealing with? Vacuum systems are an essential part of every clean room. Almost all tools that uh, do any kind of process run with a vacuum. I work with turbo vacuums. I, I work with molecular vacuums, um, cryogenic vacuums, stacked positive displacement vacuums. I work with all of them every day, all the time. It's very important. How about Lindsay? Do you work with vacuum equipment? Um, not so much in my department. We use vacuum to move the units in the robots, mm -hmm. but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it's uh, my vacuum experience is limited. Uh, there are turbo molecular pumps, diaphragm pumps with the microscopes, uh, sputter coating processes that vacuums are used in. Uh, so that's that's my experience with it. Well, my my question is for all of you. Um, developing you know curriculum is extremely difficult for us. Um, I struggle a lot with math. How do you guys notice the changes in math? Do you, I mean, what level do you see yourself or you wish that you could have, you know, uh, learning? You know, when you start working, Judy, how do you, you know, put yourself in the ma mathematical aspect? I can speak for myself. I can't speak for these guys. But um, I learned a lot more math than I use. I'll tell you that right now. I use a little bit of algebra and most of the rest of it is just general math. You know, you need to know both sides of the number lines and fractions and decimals, but very, very little math more than that. And uh, I, I don't have to calculate that much. The computer does it for me. So, you know, it's the higher math. I really don't use that much. The math that I use is very simple when it comes to counting units um, that go into the tool and that come out of the tool. Um but on the component level troubleshooting side, that's where I would use most of the math, um, such as finding specific resistance and, you know, simple uh, circuit math. Yeah, my experience is about the same. Um, as a microscopy technician, yeah, you need to take your calculus and trigonometry and all that, but it's really not used in that field. Um, you know, like you said, like a you know, figuring out some basic formulas are about all that we need to use. So my name is Danny Kiner. I'm the director of a Lone Star College biotechnology program. I've been doing this for about 20 years. And let me tell you three things that are among the, my favorite parts of my job. One is watching students who come into our program and see their journey develop into confident technicians and then they go <laughs> off into the workplace. A second one is keeping up with the students who have graduated from our program and watch them progress and get promoted and that sort of thing. And a third is listening to people like you from other disciplines and hearing about their journeys. So since the three of you are on different places in your journey, I wonder if I could ask each of you a separate question. All right, so for Glenn, first of all, um, you're currently working in your institute's clean room. 
Are you looking to move more into industry environment? And if you could pick your dream job, what would it be? So my clean room experience is limited. Uh, I have done some work in it. Uh, most of it is surface analysis lab, so okay. microscopy. Um, as far as uh, going into industry, uh, of course, that always depends. Um, right. you, you, know, you have to look what's best for your family sure. and uh, you know, time commitments and everything. As far as dream job, I actually think I might be in it right now. <laughs> working in, well, I'm working in academics. I get to train new people coming through on microscopes. And I get to see them have that wow moment, you know, sure. when they look at a fly's eye or something else <laughs> and they go, I didn't know that we could do this. Yeah. So to me, that's very satisfying in my job. And, yeah, it's yeah, there's a lot of other things that help benefits money, but uh, enjoying your job goes of a long course. way. So when you're in your dream job, it almost feels like you never work a day in your life, does it? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. OK, for Lindsay, um, as you're now a few years into your career and you have a few years of experience on your resume. Um, where do you see your career leading you, and what is your dream role in the tech world? I don't know, because there's so many different opportunities. Yeah. There's so many different doorways. to. I I really want to go deeper into component-level troubleshooting and really get into, like, um, the nitty-gritty. You know, I want to get sure. down and dirty with the actual <laughs> components. That's what I love to do anyways. Um, troubleshooting, like Mark was saying, is is such a it's it's a, such a fulfilling thing to do when you actually finish something you fix it you figure it out it it really feels good future wise yeah i don't know i mean there's so many things i hope i get to try a lot you know yeah. Yeah. sounds like you're enjoying the journey though i am no yeah it's pretty obvious <laughs> okay and finally mark so with years of experience in your industry and academic background what do you think is the most important thing for a new technician um, who's just entering the field? Uh, should they what should they have at their fingertips, and how are they need what do they need to have to be ready to move forward in their careers? Well, that's kind of a conjunctive question, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, what do they need at their fingertips? I'll address that first. They have. They just need to understand that it's there, and that's the access to knowledge and information. Okay. Um, the most important thing that worked for me was attitude. Okay. I go in it with an attitude that I don't know what I'm doing, but I can figure it out. And then knowing how to tap into resources. Okay, that's a, that's a huge one. And then what was the rest of the question? The rest of the question is, uh, what do they need to have to be ready to move forward in their careers? Oh, there we go, attitude. Same thing. You know, you, you have to understand yeah. it's not going to work every time, and you can't let it defeat you. You have to be willing to say, okay, I got beat today. I'm going to go in tomorrow. And I'm going to do it again. Um, there's a lot of, how do, how do you say, when you first go into a position or a new equipment set or work with a new group, the information is overload. It's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You just have to understand, yeah, we'll get there. You know, one step at a time, one page at a time, we'll get there. And for me, that's, that's what pulled me through was knowing that, yes, I'm overloaded, but I'll get there. Right. Almost like we have to overcome this cultural thing that we have where failure is looked at as a, as a shortcoming on your part, but it's actually the best teacher there is, isn't it? Failure is knowledge. Absolutely. You know, it gives you knowledge about the things that didn't work. Absolutely. And when you know what doesn't work, then you can head towards the things that do work. Okay. I appreciate all three of your answers. Thank you. Thank you. So now I'm going to uh, give each one of you a chance to ask each other some questions. 
Glenn, um, do you have any questions for a technician who's been in the workforce for a couple years or for an experienced technician? Yeah, I think the uh, question I would have for you guys is, has there been anything that either yourselves or as you've seen technicians come along that maybe that, I don't want to say they're missing, but maybe there's some characteristics that they could have strengthened before they get out into the uh, job market? Good question. Good question. Um, I can only go from a biased point of view, which is me, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, I would think that one of the one of the things that you need to carry with you as you go is the fact that um, whatever you decide to do, if you pursue it, you may not get where you want to go, but you'll get where you should have gone. Um, I didn't necessarily start out to be the technician I am. I wanted to work on high-tech equipment. Well, now I just, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it. And it was just a matter of me telling myself, you don't know what you're doing. Keep going. Keep going. You'll learn. So there'll be forks in the road. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. I believe that it is extremely important for new technicians to understand how to communicate with other technicians um, and use that diversity in a, in a positive manner, in a good way. Um, working together is huge in the tech world and figuring things out, um, as well as furthering your knowledge in any anything, really. So I see some techs that don't have that skill and it is a little bit harder for them. So that's definitely something that we need. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I've always been a big believer that if I can share as much of my knowledge as possible with everybody I work with, they'll make my job a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Lindsay, in regards to moving forward in your career, uh, what would you ask a technician with over 20 years experience or someone who just came out of community college? What what was most rewarding? Like, what did you do in your career that was most rewarding? Watching other technicians get that aha moment, right? When, When you're trying to train them, you're trying to get them knowledge on a certain equipment set or a process or something, and to see that light go on. And then all of a sudden you're going, yes, they got it. <laughs> it does make your life a little easier, huh? It, it does. It does. <laughs> and Mark, um, would you like to ask Glenn or Lindsay any questions as newer members of the technician community? Yeah. And the, the question's kind of for both of you. Okay. You've got your feet on the ground. You kind of see where you're at now. What's your goals for five years down the road? Great question. Um, I think for me personally, five years down the road, I want to see the program that I'm involved in grow, uh, try to stay cutting edge, stay up with the times. I love seeing students come through and being able to go out into industry and building those relationships in industry. To continue that would be very important. Um, I know Absolutely. that we're, we're, we're kind of in the infancy, you know, uh, and it's great to reach out. And not only that, but to be able to work with people across the country because we have that technology that we can do that. Yes. So to be able to show a middle school student in West Virginia what a scanning electron microscope looks like, uh, to, to grow that uh, would, would be uh, definitely a goal. Um, five years from now, I have no idea. 
<laughs> That's I'm, okay. I know that I want to increase my knowledge base, and I always want to make more money. Even though I'm making pretty good money now, it's always never enough, right? So, yeah, more knowledge, more money. Oh. Good goal, good goal. Yeah. <laughs> so to finish up our episode, I'll ask each uh, one of you the same question, uh, and maybe we'll start with uh, Glenn. Glenn, uh, from your community college experience, do you see any gaps or opportunities in technician education? What can we do better in the technician education community? Oh, wow, that's great. There's always gaps. Uh, my boss isn't here, right? I want to make sure I don't <laughs> say something. <laughs> Oops. Um, no, uh, I think it's, like I said earlier, is trying to stay up. Uh, you know, you're keeping up with the Joneses constantly. There's other schools that you're competing with who are trying to get these technicians ready for industry. And you need to make sure that you are staying there. And a way to do that is to communicate with industry and make sure that what you are doing and what you're teaching your students, and when they leave, they have the, the skill sets to be successful. And how about you, Mark? What would you say to technician educators to improve technician education? Uh, tough question, Peter. <clears throat> um, the fact that technicians are given just kind of a basic training and are put out in the workforce is uh, is kind of tough. Places like Intel will train them on everything they need to know, you know, in the beginning of their um, career there. I, I think we need a little bit more hands-on based training within some of the facilities, right? Whether it be internships or whether it be in the community colleges or the colleges where we get people in and actually show them the basics of what we're telling them on paper or giving them on an online class. If I can get somebody in and show them the difference between a Convectron and a Bertron, the ranges that the vacuum holds up into, you know, or, or how a sputter tool actually works or something like that, it's a lot different with hands-on. You know, the knowledge kind of sinks in, so I, I would like to see a little more hands-on. And how about you, Lindsay? Do you see any gaps or opportunities in technician education at community colleges? Shemegata, the college that I went to, did a really good job, I believe, um, with with teaching us how to find resources and how to use resources properly, um, how to ask questions when you're, when you, when you're unsure and how to help others ask questions or feel comfortable with asking questions as well. Um, so I, I believe that that's huge and that every, every tech college should, should definitely be teaching that. And finally, do uh, you have a final call to action for folks who want to be technicians and work in an industry uh, like you? Glenn, do you have a final call to action for future students? I would just say, if it's an interest of yours, go for it. There's plenty of jobs out there, plenty of opportunities. And if you put your mind to it, stay focused, you'll get to where you need to be. How about you, Mark? What's your call to action? I've made a very good living as a technician. I have some pretty nice toys, a nice house. I would say if it's something that interests you, please get on board. If you have any questions, get a hold of me. And Lindsay, how about you? What would you say to future students who might want to become technicians? Do it. it <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> and you know what? It's interesting. The, the whole tech world, it's so interesting how things work. I, I love it. So just do it because you're going to, you're going to make that money. You're going to have that knowledge. People are going to look up to you. You're going to be able to provide. It's just, it's just an amazing career path. And I'm proud 
to be here. Well, Lindsay, Mark, and Glenn, and everyone out here in the live audience at the High Tech Conference in Salt Lake City, thank you for being on Talking Technicians. Talking Technicians is produced by Mintech, the Micro Nanotechnology Education Center, through financial support from the National Science Foundation's Advanced Technological Education Grant Program. Experience, opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of the National Fi Science Foundation. Join the conversation. If you are a working technician or know someone who is, reach out to us at info at talkingtechnicians.org. We're always looking out for great guests to share more stories with you. Thank you. <laughs>